Welcome, everyone, to this special edition Indie Reds podcast. I'm your host, Joe Dilling. Here is your disclaimer to begin with. We are going to spoil the fuck out of Star Wars The Last Jedi. If you do not want to have this movie spoiled for you, please turn off this podcast right now. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. There we go. We got that out of the way. So my co-hosts for this special episode are Jim Dimitri and Jay Kajowski. Gentlemen, welcome to both of you. Hey, Joe. All right, so our regular listeners probably don't have an idea, or excuse me, are, are used to me having an outline to follow off of. But um, you know what? I really don't have an outline because we just watched this a few hours ago, been busy since then. Um, and so I just kind of want everybody's honest reaction. So this is going to be more roundtable-ish than usual. We'll, I'll throw out a few topics here and there, and we'll see where we go from there. So uh, just to kind of recap for everybody, the... Jim, Jay, and I both, or excuse me, all went to watch this 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 morning, uh, Friday, December fifteenth, at Flix Brewhouse. The food was good, the beer was even better, and the movie was fantastic. I think I gave it five stars. Um, we will talk more about that later on. So uh, I do want to get one thing off my chest before we really get started. Uh, the 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 movie pretty much starts uh, right right where the force awaken ends. I mean, there might be a little bit of a delay, but you know, they've escaped, um, you know, Ray's Ray's chasing down or she's with Luke and, um, Finn's in that hyperperfect bubble apparently. But anyway, uh, the first scene is Poe Dameron basically being a badass. And I I think I made a mental note and I'm just like, man, Poe is freaking badass. And that was my mental note. (laughs) What did you guys think of that first, that first opening scene? It's a free for all. <laughs> I, I Jay, some, you can uh, go ahead. Yeah, I saw some um, some parallels to Anakin and Obi Wan when they were attacking at the beginning of Episode Three. Kind of that uh, Maverick style, where yeah. he's just kind of going for it, not necessarily having a plan and going, kind of picking up as he goes along. I kind of sensed that personality in him you know he, he likes the fight there's no missing that that's why they made all those blowing up stuff jokes yeah yeah um, <laughs> go ahead yeah I, I just it just seemed like he had his own plan in mind and that you know it came off as a little reckless later but i mean yeah it was pretty awesome to watch going forward i i, I loved the interaction with hux I mean, that was freaking hilarious. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> you, you know, Can you hear me? <laughs> you know, one of yeah, the things... That thi- was one thing... Go ahead, Jim. Uh, one of the things I really liked about this movie, and I'm, I'm guessing you guys observed this too, was that, you know, the use, the deft use of humor yes. is back mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe and, and the timing of all the humorous moments i don't think there was a there was a, a misstep with that you know you, you think back to a new hope and even empire strikes back which had a, a pretty dark tone to it you still had those you know kind of smart ass moments of humor and and what what i really liked about that is it's it's back and I think, you know, going into this, you heard a lot about, well, this film is going to be pretty dark and, you know, the, it, it's going to be not necessarily depressing, but, you know, it's not going to be celebratory. And I was glad to see that the film was not as dark as some people made it out to be before uh, I went, we went to go see it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you with the humor. I think one of my favorite moments, aside from I loved that that exchange with with Hux, but um 
But was was there? Everybody in the theater chuckled at it because they saw it. But Luke just kind of shoots someone with a little side eye, and it was hilarious. It just caught everybody off guard. It was just perfect. I think. Uh, what was it? It wasn't Kylo Ren, was it? Right before their battle. I can't remember. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm well, not thinking again, that moment. Is, yeah. yeah, this is the, the the we were talking about before we came on about how we usually watch Liverpool matches twice before we uh, talk about them. <laughs> I this was is close. This is, I was very close. I checked movie times just to see. <laughs> oh yeah. Even though it was two thirty on a weekday, I mean nobody was doing any matinee pricing, so yeah. which I mean is understandable. It's release day, but. But yeah, I was pretty close. I ended up going back to work just because it was so early in the day. But if I could have found something, I would have gone right back to watch it again. I'm, I'm planning on taking a, um, a day off uh, after the new year. And I think I might try and see if it's still on IMAX downtown and go see it in IMAX with my son. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, uh, it'll be there be for great. months. Great. I saw it in January, I think, last time. Great. But, uh, speaking of, one, one more thing about humor. I thought you were talking about you know the opening of, of the movie and how it pretty much picks right up after uh, the end of The Force Awakens with Ray and Luke, Ray approaching Luke with the lightsaber, and he takes it from her, and he just tosses it over <laughs> his shoulder. Was great. <laughs> that was, was great. great. So, so we he... spent months and months and months wondering what's going to happen, what's the first thing he's going to say, and what's the significance of him getting his lightsaber back, and he just throws it out the window immediately. <laughs> yep. I mean, they clarify it a little bit later, but did you guys kind of realize or, or make the connection to I want to to the Empire Strikes Back when when Luke is with Yoda because they send they send Luke to Yoda to to train and Yoda's kind of half-assing it you know he's like I don't know if I really want to do this are you ready kind of thing and I kind of got that sense of humor because or not sense of humor excuse me kind of got that that sense because it felt like Ray was following him around i mean well she obviously was following him around but you know he was reluctant to train her and and uh <laughs> until she splits a rock in half with a lightsaber and <laughs> i believe that's what it was or, or was it something else yeah no she, she was just that sp- was when she was meditating mm-hmm. and you know he's telling her you know call to the force feel it and and she she doesn't use a lightsaber she just splits open the rock or wait a minute no no i'm just yeah 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 she does use the lightsaber later yeah she she was she was training with her staff and then she's like you know what i'll give it a whirl with this lightsaber i mean she doesn't say it but you can just see it in her face um yeah it was great uh and so did you guys make that they were both reluctant to sorry um they were both reluctant to train her both um so yoda was reluctant to train luke and um luke was reluctant to train ray but they were both doing it for very different reasons luke Luke didn't want to train Ray because he was scared of the power she had and also because he'd given up the force, you know, for personal reasons. He yeah. was this was more personal than anything actually at the beginning because he didn't understand what her power or how powerful she was. He just wanted to be done with it. Yoda could see exactly why he didn't want Luke to do this because he had all these character flaws that were going to make it very difficult. And you know, he's already like He's in his twenties by this point. I yeah. mean, most of the time they start way younger. Even Anakin started way younger than that. So they they both didn't want to train her, but they were for different reasons. You you know one of the things that uh, that, we, that uh, is really a, a big talking point is the connection between Kylo Ren and um, the mind connection. Sorry, between Kylo Ren and Rey. Um, and and since we're talking about Luke giving up his giving up his desire to to use the force and kind of shutting it off as i think he says um who do you believe is the real story are you on board with Luke 
um, with with the real story on um, on the destruction uh, when Kylo Ren officially goes bad and goes goes to uh, goes to the Dark Lord. Do you tend to believe Kylo Ren or do you t- tend to believe Luke? I believe Luke's third the, the third story that was brought forward that he had that moment where he he thought that was the right choice. Uh, there was a podcast I was listening to they they likened it to if you could kill Hitler before he became you know the tyrant that he ended up mm-hmm. being if you had a, a moral choice there if you saw that as the right choice because he had seen Kylo's future Ben's future and he said that in that moment he wanted to do it because he thought it was the right thing, but then it was gone immediately after, but the damage was done because he'd already ignited his lightsaber and he'd woken him up and it was all, you know, it was all done from there. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he had time to explain his side of the story to Kylo. He was buried immediately. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, J- Jim, are you, you, uh, you in the same boat, man? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Jay. I, I don't think, you know, initially I thought, well, maybe the truth is somewhere in between the two versions of the story. But the more that I thought about it, I think I think Luke's version is is the version. I just can't see Luke even even as frightened as he was of of Kylo's power and, and where he was going with that. And the fact that he, you know, knew he'd already lost him. I, I, I still couldn't see Luke just going ahead and killing him uh, uh, based on that. You know, the, one of the things that we, we always hear about is, uh, I mean, this was the big reason why Anakin turned to the dark side was because you can't have these interferences, you know, of family, for instance. So they, Luke seemed to really shut off the fact that it's his nephew, that Ben, that Ben <laughs> Solo is his nephew. It's, even though he's training him and all this, I mean, yes, he saw him and all that stuff. And there is always that connection between he and Leia. I mean, they're, they're twins, but you know, it's just the, it, it was something that was interesting to me. Cause you know, just thinking back, he doesn't ever refer to him as his nephew. It's always Ben Solo or Ben, or I don't even think he even calls him Kylo Ren. Does he? Do you guys, do you guys no. pick up on that? I don't think he does. I think no, he, he might doesn't. refer to him as his nephew at one point later in the movie, but this mm, is yeah. beyond the, t- the point when he opens up to Ray about what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, he's very closed off to the familial connection early on. So one of the, one of the other talking points I think that, that we're going to, that we'll see come across and a lot of people talking about through podcasts and articles, blogs, whatever is the, is, is Kylo Ren and, and his turn, um, I, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, and his turn. So what I the, what, what I witnessed was I think that in the beginning of the movie and up until he kills, um, I, um, gosh, what's the name? God, I'm spacing it right now. Snoke? Snoke. Up Snoke, until he kills yeah. Snoke. That, spoiler. <laughs> this whole thing is a spoiler. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> up until he kills Snoke, you know, I think that, that there's still a chance that he's going to come back. But then when I think it's more of actually when Ray turns him down that for them to start their own new order, I think that's when you see him turn drastically and he's beyond hope. Even though Luke says that no one is beyond hope, I still think that it's gone. What, what do you guys think about Kylo Ren and him possibly being able to come back to the light? Am I just making stuff up or wanting something or <laughs> or what? I think you're right. Um We've spent all of this time since the first movie speculating about who Snoke might be. We assume he's this very powerful being, someone who's incredibly strong with the Force, probably stronger than anyone in the room at the moment. 
But I mean, at the moment of his death, he doesn't even realize what's going on in Kylo's head. He's not able to see the fact that he's about to attack his master. And I think that shows the point where Kylo has, you know, he's gotten control of his feelings and his strengths. I mean, he's still a hothead. We see that later, too. When yeah. He, when he rains hell down on Luke <laughs> for 30 seconds. Um, but, yeah, I think in that moment, that's when he he fully became the, you know, the, the Sith. Not necessarily the Sith Lord. I guess we're not putting a name on it at this point. Yeah. But the the evil baddie he was always trying to be. And so, yeah, that was, that was a big moment when his master, and that kind of parallels what we heard from, uh, Palpatine about Darth Plagueis just when he was murdering his master um, yeah no I just I see that as a very pivotal moment when the person who is supposedly training him you know is defeated without any kind of battle it's just instantaneous and out of nowhere Jim what, what do you think about uh, Kylo Ren you know I think I think whether he was turnable at that time I think it's open to interpretation, and I think that's that's on purpose. Um, you know, I think any good storyteller is going to let the reader or the viewer draw their own conclusion. So I think it's reasonable to say, well, you know, maybe Ray could have turned him uh, at that moment or before that moment, or maybe he went into that whole confrontation and the killing of Snoke, intending all along that he thought that he was going to be able to turn Ray rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really haven't decided what, what side I come down on there because, you know, honestly, uh, when I first watched that scene, that, by the way, that lightsaber fight, I think that was the best Unbelievable. fight in all of the star Wars films. I'm sure some people will disagree, but I thought that was just amazing. Yes. I, mean, I agree. Choreography, and uh, and the movements and the jump cuts, the whole thing was just phenomenal. I, I think my favorite. After that, I think my favorite is when Ray is tied up and then she drops her lightsaber yep. and then drops down, grabs it, and just is done. That dude's done. He caps the guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. One but, other point that I, I wanted to make was that when when snoke is talking about how he used kylo to bring ray to him at the same time kylo obviously feels very betrayed i mean he's mm-hmm. both by i mean it's the exact same thing he's been betrayed by his master twice luke he sees it as a betrayal when he sees him hovering above him ready to kill him and that you know pushes him towards the dark side and then in this situation snoke uses him and his feelings which i believe even though they were being controlled or manipulated by Snoke were probably on some level real at that point. He feels completely used and that dro- that pushes him to turn on Snoke. And it's, it just seems like it's betrayal after betrayal of these people he supposedly trusts. So yeah, that's, that's another part of that moment. It's just, he's completely switched away from who he, like he's becoming the top guy now. He doesn't listen to, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, who's the who's yeah he doesn't listen to him he completely asserts his authority he's taken over at this point he doesn't want any kind of leadership above him to tell him what to do because he doesn't trust him yeah so so that's a great point you know we we find out that that in the scenes where they where luke is explaining what his initial thought you know of he needs to kill ben um and but 
he also says that he's already seen his heart and his heart's dark. So what do you guys think was, was what got him to the dark side? Originally, I mean, Snoke went in and, and talked to him. Don't get me wrong, but but what did he what did he go to that made him um, that that feeling that sense of that sense that they say because when they went to when they went to Darth Vader um, or Anakin whatever it was his mother. You know, mm-hmm. he he had to leave his mother, and he was so close to his mother, and then by the time he was able to go back and see her, she was dead. So they played on that card. What? What? I mean, I don't, that's the one thing that I just don't know from this movie, like uh, on an answer, or well, I don't feel comfortable. Back, even though if I could be wrong in the next movie, sure. Well, I, I, if you go back to the prequels, um, I, 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 I don't know whether we should talk about them very much or not. Do we think, have to? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is. This is why I was kind of reluctant to bring it up. But, you know, the whole reason that Anakin turns to the dark side is because he's scared. He's afraid. Um, and there's that whole uh, Yoda speech in The Phantom Menace where he talks about how, you know, anger leads to hate. Hate leads to yeah. uh, all that stuff. And uh, and and the, the end of that whole tirade is, is about fear. You know, fear leads to the dark side. And. Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, what what are both Ray and uh, and Ben afraid of? Well, they're afraid, I think, of being abandoned. Because uh, I think if you think about it, one of the things I thought was really interesting about the the movie was, I mean, you know, one of the themes you could say was in the movie was about shitty parents, <laughs> because you know, and I know we're going to get to talking about who Ray's parents were. Uh, but you know, I think you could fairly say that, um, or, or shitty mentors, you know, shit, sh- people that you, as a younger person, think you should trust, who you think are going to take care of you, who mm-hmm. are thinking going to guide you, that who end up disappointing you and doing things that actually are not good for you, you know. And I think we could say that about about Luke uh, in that moment where he considers killing. Kylo Ren, but I guess that still doesn't answer the question. Yeah, because he was dark ahead. Now, here's my theory. Here's my theory, Jim. I'll, 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 I'm going to interrupt for a second. Here's my theory. Because there, there is a line. I think Leia is a hard ass to him. And yeah, I think, you mentioned this when you we were walking out. Exactly, because they he. When when he picks up the dice, um, by the way, the, in case you didn't know, I, I had to look it up because Jay and I were talking. Those dice, we all assumed that they were Han Solos, but they but they they kept going back to them. And there is apparently there's only like it's only used in one scene in A New Hope, and there's yep, some reference to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some reference to him, and he says something about being lucky, and that's it. <laughs> Through seven. Seven movies. <laughs> There's only one other reference to it. Good job, Rian Johnson. <laughs> I think they. I think they originally put it in. Uh, George Lucas and um, Harrison Ford put it in to, as a callback to the previous movie they did together, American Graffiti. Oh yeah, were they yeah, like fuzzy dice or that, something? That was around the time when the dice hanging from the, the rear view mirror was, you know, it was big. Yeah. So they they threw it back to that too. <laughs> nice. Okay. So anyway. But, Back to that, but there's this line where he says something about, well, Han was, where Kylo Ren says, well, Han was always, he was Han. I mean, so you you don't get the picture that the problem was his dad. I mean, yes, he was aloof. Um, he he was a smuggler, and he, he wants to be flying 
and and smuggling. He doesn't want to be <laughs> tied down to Princess Leia, you know, or being doing things that that you know a, a I guess a crown prince or so whatever would be doing. So I would think it would be more on the Leia side that it's her attitude towards him that that harnesses that or him seeking out the love of his parents that he never really felt that he got. He might have gotten it from his dad or never got it from his mom. What do you guys think about that? Let's go to Jim first because I think, Jay, you started a few. I'm trying to balance this out a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, again, I think this is something that's going to be left up to the reader's imagination because you know, we don't have all the all the information there that we, you know, we, do, we don't see flashbacks, thank God, of when <laughs> Ben Solo was a little kid, uh, like we get to see with Anakin Skywalker in the, in the prequels again. Sorry, it's prequel talk. Uh, so. No, I, I think I th- they play their part. They play their part. Don't don't get me wrong, because right. So, I, you know, I maybe it's the notion that he goes off to tra- you know uh, it's not really clear from the movie how long he trains with Luke. Maybe he goes as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would assume that that's what would happen because, uh, you know, again, you think back to the prequels and how the Jedi Order did it. You know, they take the younglings when they're young. And so I think you could reasonably assume maybe Ben gets hauled off to start training with Luke when he's, you know, maybe six or seven years old, maybe younger than that. And when he'd rather be spending time with his parents. I mean, that's that's something that that's just popping into my head right now. So maybe that's it. Yeah, I, I can. I, I think. I think that's kind of where I'm at on it. Also, Jay, you kind of in the same boat, or you have a different. Take? Yeah, I, I mostly agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think that it was. It's just. It's rough because I think they alluded that it might have been a little bit later than you know six or seven at one point. It sounded like they kind of like um, Han has a line in the first one in the first movie where he talks about losing him when he was sent away. Like that was the point. But I, it makes it sound kind of like they were having trouble in some way before that. Like, yeah, that's when we lost him. But if you have to pick out a point and say that was when it was, it means there are probably a few things building up to that. Mm-hmm. So I like to think that maybe it was a little bit later and they were they maybe they were struggling or something else was going on as well. So but yeah, that's overall, it's the same point. Yeah, maybe he was just a bratty kid, and it's like, okay, son, we're going to send you off to military school now. So you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's a great right? point. That's as a great gothic point, as he is now, you'd think so. Yeah, he's always just like looks like he's mourning and sad and grumpy, and then he just destroys everything. He's brooding <laughs> all the time. Emo Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get back to Kylo Ren uh, towards the end because as I'm going through simultaneously, but we also one of the things that we get to see is a new character, and kind of starts from the beginning, and it's. It's Rose. And uh, I, I honestly, I'll admit, I did not know anything about Rose coming into this show. And she's actually a major character now. And I loved the Rose character. Um, for in, in case you need a reminder, she's she's the badass that uh, basically bails out uh, Finn throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I think her perception of him changes throughout the movie. Like at the very beginning, she's awestruck she's like this is a celebrity she's all fangirl and people were trying to escape and that's not what you're doing right oh (laughs) so she sees him as the infallible or as the fallible person he actually is and that's what kind of changes her opinion of him in the first place as opposed to i can barely talk to you to you're an idiot and i need to save your butt right (laughs) um do you guys have a favorite a rose moment from the movie 
Yeah, definitely when she saves him right at the okay. end. Just says, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that was. I think that was my. That would be mine as well. All right. Um, speaking of, now we'll go back to another minor character. Benicio del Toro, as I'm thinking about this, makes a, uh, it's a little bit longer than what you'd say as a cameo. Uh, do you think that there's a future with this character coming back in the next movie? Look into your Dungeons and Dragons crystal ball, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, we, we, I don't think we ever hear the character's name in the movie, first of all. It's, and it's I had to DJ. go look it up as DJ. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think he might come back. Um, it's sort of left open-ended. You know, we don't know what happened to him after uh, uh, Vice Admiral Holdo did the kamikaze job on the Star Destroyer. Which was awesome. Um, <laughs> I think that was the best it. shot of the movie. I think so. Just watching oh. it pierce through in utter silence. And it was just amazing to watch. I would watch that part over and over and over again. Yeah, the silence I thought was really impactful. That mm-hmm. that in addition to the visuals, but you know, back to DJ. I think I I, I think there's room for him to return. Um, I'd like to see him return. I thought he was a really interesting character, and I, you know, good. Just going back to Rose for a second, I I, I agree. I, I I liked of the new characters, you know, and as you said, Joe, she's an important one. I, I really really like the Rose character. Um, I think one of the reasons is it, maybe you know we, we're going to talk about this uh, some more. Um, one of the main themes I saw in the movie was. You know, you don't have to come from important people to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really her. I mean, she's one of those characters that goes along with that theme. You know, she's just a mechanic uh, uh, for the resistance, and she ends up becoming playing a major part in the story. You know, that is a great theme to pick up on, and it leads us into the probably one of the biggest questions that we everybody left with with um, with a Force Awakens: Who were raised parents? Um, Kylo Ren just kind of nonchalantly says, well, just kind of trying to, in his way to, to get her to the dark side, saying that they were, um, just drunks on Jakku traders and they sold her. I'm not buying that. What, what do you guys think? Do you think that maybe there's something more to this or, or do you believe Kylo Ren? I don't want to buy it, but I totally buy it. Okay. Because, because of the yeah, theme I, I that we're seeing any there was any hint of it not being the case i felt like a lot of things were very definitive in this movie like they left no room for snoke to be alive because you know they showed his (laughs) corpse lying on the ground for five seconds i feel like this was a this was a unambiguous like moment like yeah i i I don't i don't i don't see any wiggle room really at this point jim you kind of thinking no wiggle room also yeah my initial reaction was, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Kylo Ren's lying to her. But now, now that I've thought about it, I agree with Jay. You know, uh, because again, I think it ties in well with with the movie. I mean, really, you think about how much this movie was about changing things, about maybe shifting the saga away from the Skywalker family. I mean, really, because the only Skywalker we're going to have left uh, in the next movie is going to be Kylo Ren, and that's yes. it. Yes. Um, everybody else is going to be dead because obviously, I mean, Carrie Fisher, because, you know, sadly she's passed away. She won't be in the next movie. We'll find out how that gets resolved. But um, I think I, I, because of the big shifts you see happening in the movie, which I think are going to probably piss off a lot of Star Wars fans, too, as, mm-hmm. as well as satisfy people. I do believe that Ray's parents really were drunk nobodies that sold her for cash because they wanted to get drunk some I, more. I, Look, look, um, and if you think about the scene in in the the cave, 
on uh, on Octu, the planet where Luke was, mm-hmm. where she's looking in the mirror and all you see are just mirror images of her. And I think at least maybe that's some foreshadowing in the, where she's looking solely at herself. What that was saying to me was it doesn't matter who your parents are. The force is strong within you because of you. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading something into that that really isn't there. I, I was trying to figure out what that scene meant. Um, but yeah, bottom line, I, I, I agree uh, with Jay that Ray's parents are nobody special. Um, and uh, I'm also glad that Snoke is dead because I really didn't want to see another Palpatine 2.0 character. <laughs> and yeah. last All right. So I'm going to I'm going to go off of that that thread that you had right there. Um, it's kind of with the Snoke, but it's also with that, that scene in the cave where she's seeing herself. So when, when she's sitting on the rock and Luke and Luke is talking to her and she's meditating and all that, and she starts and she goes right to the dark and she doesn't fight it. That kind of, so then you, let's fast forward to when Snoke's saying, you know, that when, when there is a, a power in the force on the dark side, there's an equal power to that on the right side. You know, or excuse me, on the on the light side. So there's always that back and forth kind of thing. Could you? Could, am I? I might be reading too much into this, but we all know that Kylo Ren was wavering at that point in time. You know, he was kind of in the balance of what side he was on. Do you think that maybe it, it's also that that Ray was was balancing, and then it was when they <laughs> on the salt planet. I don't know what the name of it is yet. I mean, I've only it's watched called, it. It's- it's called crate, C R A I T. Crate. Okay, so when they're on crate, yeah. she, he swings completely to the dark side. She swings completely to the light side, and then they're the polar opposites. Their power and the force is always going to be balanced to each other because they are each other's polar opposites. But do you think that maybe when she's in the cave, that, or even when she's on when she's on the planet and she's and she's in the balance, that it's also because Kylo Ren is still kind of in the balance or am I kind of reading too much into this? You can go first, Jim. You know, I'm not sure. I think maybe one of the things that I drew from the cave scene was that, you know, she wasn't uh, afraid of the dark side, but she wasn't embracing it either. Yeah. Um, Which I think was the problem with Luke and that Luke was so scared of being seduced by the dark side of the force that maybe that's what led him to contemplate killing Ben Solo. Yeah. Okay. And, and Ray was, was choosing a kind of a different path. Although I could go along with your interpretation of it too. Because I mean, we've seen this before, though. They always talk about there being a balance in the force. And then you always hear about right. there's a disturbance in the force. Well, that's because something is going off of that balance. So one could actually argue, I mean, we can see this. Darth Vader is very strong in the force. His his opposite was always Ben Kenobi. And then there was a great disturbance in the force when Luke starts gaining his power. Just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> those were force crickets there <laughs> yeah <laughs> going back and thinking about it anyway i no, I, I bring I up i think joe hit it right on right on the head the nail on the head he made more or less the same thing i was thinking is that at this point she doesn't view the dark side as this you know terrible enemy the way luke does she hasn't had that experience she's very new to the force she's just all she knows is that there's some guy 
named Kylo Ren who was swinging her his sword at her for a little while, and she had to fight him back. She doesn't understand the evil that can come from the dark side. She's just kind of experiencing it, and not necessarily giving in or not giving in. She's just you know learning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I don't know. Again, I think I'm going to go back to it. I think it's open to each's interpretation. Uh, they they left it open that way. I think I think it's a that that that's part of uh, I think why I re- I really like this film. Um, let's see what else did I okay. Let's go ahead and let's fast forward. All right, so I, I want to go to to um crate and talk about stuff that transpires on crate. But um, anything else before we get there? Let's just because I think that maybe we get to crate and then we talk about going forward from there. Um, a little bit. So anything else that maybe I might be missing that you guys want to chat about? Um, I want to go back to the, the, the forest really quickly. Um, one of the, one of the things, you know, again, this, this, this movie was really about change and this is more of, um, a storytelling change. I think, uh, actually a shift back to a tone that you saw in the original trilogy and that there was in this movie, a really, specific return to the force as a spiritual um spiritual entity or energy field rather than the scientific midichlorian bullshit that you saw in the prequel trilogies you know yoda even says and you know yoda's force ghost comes back has that little chat with luke um burns down the tree (laughs) you know he says (laughs) He says, you know, the force is really not – I mean this is paraphrasing, but the force, the force isn't about books or codes in that you, you, you don't have to be a Jedi to master the force or to mm-hmm. understand the force or have a grasp of it. Um, so uh, one of the things that really attracted me to the original Star Wars trilogy is, is that element of, of spirituality. I think it's really important. Um, I think George Lucas in the original trilogy really purposely put that in there. I have no idea why he went to the midichlorian stuff in the prequels. It just took the whole um, mystique out of what the force is. So I was happy to see that there was this return to the spiritual spiritual aspect of the force in this movie. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm on board too. I'm on board. I loved it. The the one thing I do want to you did bring up, but I and it kind of ate at me a little bit is that I never excuse me I I go back to oh, Yoda came and I was expecting Obi Wan Kenobi to come and maybe even um, Anakin Skywalker as well um, because I, there was that always that bond throughout the whole original three. Uh, that it was always it was always Obi-Wan Kenobi that was going to Luke Skywalker. But he didn't in this one. This one was all Yoda. Was it because maybe more Yoda was the was his trainer or I guess or his guide, his spiritual guide, as opposed to Obi-Wan Kenobi was just kind of like a vessel. For lack of better terms. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. Well, that and, you know, practical reasons. I mean, Alec Guinness is long dead. <laughs> true, and, very true. <laughs> uh, I, I guess you, you could have had um, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor come in and, and do the Force Ghost thing. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, and I don't know what Hayden Christensen's doing these days, but probably not. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I assume he's acting. I don't pay attention to his career anymore, but um, – but now I'm going off on a tangent about practical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but right. yeah, I think that's a reasonable interpretation. And you know, and at, at the center of things, I mean, Yoda is a, a very popular character too. He is the root of wisdom when it comes to what it is to be a Jedi and to be a student of the Force. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a practical reason for it as well. You know, one thing about Yoda did did he look almost like he was back to being a puppet as opposed to yeah, being? Yeah, they were fl- talking about this. Yeah, no question. Um, I think there's there's you know in in the Force Awakens there was a very purposeful choice by J.J. Abrams to go back to animatronics mm-hmm. um, to using uh, more practical effects and it sure looks like they did that with with Yoda in this um, because I think they they want the feel of the original trilogy and I I for one thought thought it was great I, I did too I love I, we'll we'll get there in a second all right J- anything else Jim before we get to uh, <laughs> before we get to everything well, that I transpires with themes um but i want to let you you know talk about what you want to talk about and then maybe we can come back to what i'm thinking about so um first of all i wanted to say that (laughs) that whole scene on on crate was awesome um we see we see the emergence of kylo ren as a supreme leader and what it's gonna be like his vengeance his anger and they had me they had me from the jump that 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 was actually Luke there, and it wasn't Luke's <laughs> spirit For, being force there. projection. Force projection, yes. Force, my, my first projection. thought was astral projection, yeah, like yep. from uh, uh, Doctor Strange, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the second that I saw him duck under and limbo his blade, that was the moment I thought, okay, something's up because he would never yeah. use that move, even yeah. when he was younger. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 one really threw me off, and um, then as soon as it was it was obvious that he wasn't there, it's like oh yeah, they totally didn't touch at all in that like two minute battle that just happened. Did their lightsabers cross though? I thought they did. They uh, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. they ever they ever touch touch lightsabers during that yeah scene. he swung Although it is, though he luke, physically. luke swung it though right because it, it can't be his lightsaber because it's broken in half that was another thing that bothered me it's like where did you get the other one from i think it, i think well, it's that, that force projection yeah 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 i know question. that's why i was saying that it, it oh, was okay something that made me think something was up because like I didn't think he'd have another lightsaber over there. He doesn't exactly right. have the technology to build another one. And that's like the only I blue lightsaber that. we've seen in the whole in the whole series. Mm-hmm. Is that family's yeah, lightsaber? Right. <laughs> uh, like he was, he was a physical presence when he was talking with Leia, and even the dice were physical up to a certain point. But so obviously, it's something that can appear physical or can have physical properties. I mean, it's it's the force. That's enough to explain it. They can explain yeah. it away like that. And then when it's it's like he's there, but he's immortal at that moment. Like he is not mortal and can't be hurt from that point, unless you think of it as him receiving all of that damage and then dying afterward, all the way back on Oct two because of all of that that damage he would have taken if he were there. That's I think another it, thing you can think I, about. I think, I think that was, he was just so mentally drained and his point in life was done. Yes. He did what he needed I, I to agree. do. I, I think that's he, right. He left in a good spot. He didn't leave, um, yep. being killed by anybody. It was on his own terms. Yes. Yeah, which is kind of the way and he made wanted great it. Great comedy too. 
Yeah. I was going to say that even in that sequence, there's the, the where H- General Hux says to Kylo Ren, like something like, "You think you shot him enough, or something <laughs> like that." So, so I'm thinking, okay, how is this happening? I'm not seeing lightsabers bouncing off like they would if he was deflecting them. He he could if he if he is so great in the Force, he could be deflecting them with his lightsaber. But they're but you're if not seeing really the deflections the force, coming he off. He might not even be hurt by it. He just would take True. it just like we all thought he was doing. See, I thought he was deflecting them, but that just might be me. <laughs> but then they weren't coming off. But he, I, I do want to point something out, though. They foreshadow that it's not him because he would have had to have had a haircut and his beard would have had to have been trimmed and dyed. Did you guys notice that, that his beard was yeah, dark? He, he looked like a slightly younger version of his actual self. Yeah. He had the same haircut that he had back in the original movies. It was exactly the same except with the beard. I My first thought was he just, you know, cut it all off with, like, his lightsaber or something. I don't know. They're those weird, <laughs> those weird um, people Attend- that were on. Creatures. Yeah, the yeah. attendants, yeah. Uh, you they've know, been up keep they've been keeping up that area for thousands of years. I mean, what's a simple haircut than that? <laughs> Niall would know <laughs> what their name is. <laughs> they, they went and got him some uh, just for men to dye his beard uh, yeah, darker. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Probably all I natural. Believe it was, I believe it was hint of gray they were using. <laughs> hint of yeah. gray. You know, I, I and I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't notice that until afterwards. I mean, I noticed that that they had the change, but then I didn't notice that. I didn't think about the the beard coloring specifically. It was darker. I mean, there's no question. Yeah. So it goes, and it actually kind of looked like what I make. I wonder if it's because that's the last time anybody saw him was when he looked like that, even including Kylo Ren. And so that's another he, question. He I had. wanted it what, to be that. How long do you think? How much time had passed from the moment that uh, that Kylo Ren destroyed the temple and assumed that he'd killed Luke to when Ray finds him? How how long do you guys see that time period being? I'm thinking ten years. I'm, I'm going to say that's that a, that was probably about the time so, he was twelve, and I'm thinking they want him to be twenty two ish in the movie. Just my take. You think, you think Kylo was 12 when he did that? Yeah, I think so. Looking at – actually, he looked like he could have been closer to 16, but – Yeah, I was going to say, he looked like he be, was a teenager. But that also yeah. could just be – but that also could just be screening on on um, what – you can't make – you can't take Adam Driver back to age 12. I don't know. They can do crazy stuff with actors and CGI these days. <laughs> I mean, this is Star Wars we're talking about. Did you yeah. not see the last movie that came out? <laughs> Sorry, they so brought Jim... Peter Cushing back from the dead. <laughs> All right. What, what What do you guys think then? Well, what is what is Kylo? What, what is um? Yeah, what's Kylo Ren's official age in this movie? Have they Have they revealed that in any kind of content? I don't think it matters to them. You know, yeah, I, I, I think it would make it easier to either. picture that. Like if he's closer to thirty. Then maybe how much older is he than Ray? Because Ray's probably what, eighteen, seventeen. I think she's supposed to be like seventeen when the in the first movie, and if it takes place right after, then it'd be like seventeen again, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So I I always assumed he was five or six years older at least, maybe more. I I don't know. I've I've never been very good just at, at trying to figure out what the the age difference is and the passage of time. That's why I was asking what you guys thought. I don't know. I, you know, to me, it's it's not super important. Um, I, I, I think maybe ten years sounds like a reasonable estimate. Um, but 
I don't know. I, 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 this is not something I really, really have thought about very, very seriously. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the 10 year estimate. That sounds good to me. <laughs> it has right. to be long <laughs> enough for them to have cared that he's been gone. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Period of time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, one one other thing about crate that I want to interject here, unless you have something nope, else. No, go ahead. I, go um, ahead. Did you notice the Return of the Jedi Easter egg during the battle on crate where Chewie's flying the Falcon through the caverns? You know, the music and the Tie Fighter pursuit reminded me of the Rebel assault on the second Death Star and Return of the Jedi. You know, the, you look at some of those crystals, the way that they're angled, they kind of look like the pipes in the interior. <laughs> yeah, the Death yeah. Star. For, for me, that and would... I was like, wow. And, Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So oh, it just it just was so it's it, it evoked uh, Return to Jedi for me in that 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 Rebel assault on the second Death Star. For me, there were there were uh, times where I, I don't know if John Williams does the music on this or not, but there are times where yeah, they go. But if he does, he goes back and uses some of the same <laughs> the same songs that he used in the original yeah. three. Yeah. And but he does it and that's the stuff that was the flashbacks to me. And it was and it might just be throughout the whole it's through the whole movie, just not those those parts. But I thinking back now, Jim, it, I didn't pick up on it at the time, but I did but I do see that a lot of that. Or like when they're flying through the uh <laughs> when they're flying through the meteor uh being chased by uh that that's an Empire Strikes Back though, I believe, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the asteroid field. Yeah, escaping the uh, the creature in the in the asteroid. Yes. <laughs> the space slug. Space slug. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh man, so much to do. Okay, I, there's one last thing I want to bring up. Um, so it's it has to do with the very ending. So I think Jay knows where I'm going with this. Um, oh yeah. Um, but anything else before we get there that we want to talk about, guys? Jim, you said you had some was, other themes that you wanted to talk about too. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jay. Oh, the other the other theme I wanted. So we already talked about the the theme of change. You know, I, I think a particularly unexpected change was a lot in this movie because um, I certainly didn't expect Snoke to get killed. Um, that was what I, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect Luke to uh, go off and become a Force ghost, become one with the Force, but that happened. I guess that isn't so surprising though. Um, uh, but you know, I, I think it, it's encapsulated by Luke's statement to Ray, you know, when she's talking about going to try to turn Kylo, Kylo Ren back into Ben Solo, he says, you know, this is not going to go the way you think. Um, so I think I would tell that to anybody who's going to see this movie is that this is not going to go the way you think, you know, even with regard to Ray's parentage. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to go into the movie thinking, oh, she's a Palpatine or she's related to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And because mm-hmm. a lot of that was around before the, for the movie. Um, yeah. But uh, the other theme I think was important was that it's okay to screw up, um, that failure helps us to grow and perhaps is the greatest teacher of wisdom. And that, again, yep. that goes back to the scene with Yoda where he says to Luke, you know, talking about training, uh, being a teacher, he says uh, – I, I, I wrote it down as soon as I got out of the theater. He says to Luke when he's referring to their students, we are what they grow beyond. Um, and I thought really the, how true that is, particularly for somebody like me, who's actually a teacher. Um, one of the things I always see is, you know, how, um, I, I am, um, you know, don't always do the best job in the classroom, but still my students go on to, um, do some pretty awesome things. Yeah, Jim, um, so, you're going to hang that. You're going to frame that and put it in your office, aren't you? Exactly. 
and, and then put, you know, put it in quotation marks and then put Yoda underneath that. And my students will undoubtedly or, love it. I or, already have a, a Yoda miniature in my office, so it's going to go great. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. It makes you wonder how many people are going to pick up on it, though. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I, 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 before we get to the very ending, um, I want to, so obviously Carrie Fisher has passed away. So what do you guys, nope, we're going to come back to that. I want to go back to what Jay's talking about. So, so the movie ends with the, with the slaved kids on the gambling planet. I, the name is always going to slip me. Um, Canto Bight is the name of the city. <laughs> I can always go back to it. Some, yeah, the name, the planet is named something else, but Canto Bight is the name of the city. All right. Canto Bight. So they're on yeah, Canto Bight. The Las Bite. Vegas of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yes. And, and there are the kids and they're, and it's setting it up. I, I, I think I know where Jay's going with this, but I, I'm going to disagree with him, but go ahead, Jay. I changed what, my what opinion say? slightly. Okay. So my first, my first thought was, okay, they're setting something up here because as, so they're, they're, uh, their slave owner at one point comes in while they're playing with, um, a figurine. It was it looked handmade that they were pretending was Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And they were talking about him in legendary terms, which is what, you know, it kind of, it's what Luke became after everything that happened before. So my first thought was as he, he's, you know, sent back to work outside with the broom, he steps outside the door. And when I first saw it and I've, I've gone online to see if other people saw it as well. he, appears to draw the broom about a foot away from himself to his hand as he he's walking out. And so my first thought is, okay, this is obviously setting something up. I, I would not be surprised to see this kid come back. And then, of course, he has the, um, the resistance ring that he got from Rose. And so, yeah, my first thought was this is obviously setting something up for Ryan Johnson to do with his next trilogy. So that was my first thought. My second thought was going back to where they were playing with the the Luke Skywalker, I guess, action figures, what we would call him. Um, It was more just a sense of, hey, it's okay, And it's I guess not okay. It's it's a return to the force and the legends and everything like it's returning to the galaxy in a way it was before, Mm -hmm. like back during the prequels the Jedi would go out and they'd find these kids who had, you know, these abilities. Well, they usually would identify them even earlier, which obviously I have no idea how they did that. My, my first thought when I saw, uh, or when I read about those or watched those in the movie was they would have parents call and saying, my kids, Jack, Jack from <laughs> the incredible, just going nuts. <laughs> and then they bring them in from there. And so, my my under my idea of it now is just that it's a return to that kind of place where it's not oppressed and it's and and people know about it again. People know about the Jedi. People know about Luke. For the majority of the um, the original trilogy, not many people know about the Jedi, or they refer to it as an old dead religion or mm-hmm. like that. Now it's kind of got this this physicality to it in people's minds i think maybe they were trying to portray it as it's back in a way that it was before you know one of the things we can uh happily draw from the prequels so i i I see it both ways but i'm starting to lean towards the more general it's the opinion of the force and how people view it is back and I'm, i'm on that same vein i'm thinking it's more of 
going away from the force and more for the resistance. I think it's with them sharing the stories of the kids or the kids. It's like wherever there's somebody being oppressed, there is going to be a resistance somehow. So these are the kids. They're hearing the stories that they want shared, the resistance once shared, so that they can get these kids to join the resistance. So it kind of leads into my next thing. So I'm wondering if how they're going to play off this whole Carrie Fisher passing away in the next movie. My thing is, is that I think where they're at right now in it, where the movie ends is they now, they, they now need to go build a new resistance because there's what, like a handful of them. <laughs> 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, fit all, they, they all, all fit on the really millennium like, Falcon. They all fit on the millennium Falcon, the official resistance. Yeah. So they have to get backing somewhere. They have to grow this resistance. I think you're going to see it be another five, ten years in the future, and they're going to write her out as being as she played a major part in getting there. But then she just she died. Or they're going to say that her heartbreak from losing Luke and and Han and Ben um, all all led to her dying or something like that. I think they're going to, it's I don't want it to be a tongue in cheek because of how important uh, princess Leia is to the whole scheme of things. But I, I mean, what do you guys think? I think that sounds like I was trying to think of how they were going to do it. And, and what you just uh, proposed, Joe, I think is, is the perfect way. Well, maybe not the perfect way, but the most reasonable way to get around the Carrie Fisher uh, no longer being with us uh, issue. I, I think that that would be, and, and it would make sense too, because, you know, as, as you said, I mean, the, the whole of resistance right now fits on a, a junky Corellian freighter <laughs> and, and it's going to take time for them to, you know, tool around the outer rim and build up their, build up their numbers and get people involved and, and get the uh, money. And get the money and and yeah, so uh, I, that sounds like a perfectly reasonable way to, to deal with this. And I would like that actually. I mean, you know, even though this movie picks up minutes after uh, the the last movie, um, I, I think a passage of time would actually be refreshing. You know, and it just it just hit me. They kind of do that. I mean, not as far, but like when you look at the difference between Luke in in the at the end of the Return of the Jedi, and the confidence that he exerts at the very beginning of excuse, I, I just completely butchered that at the end of Empire Strikes Back, and then or maybe it's A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, but there but between one of those two movies, there's a little bit of a passage of time, and I I think I want to go back. To Empire I think it's between whatever. five and six. Yeah, yeah, it's between Empire and Return of the Jedi. But you see it; it's it's like he he all of a sudden has this complete. I mean, because he Empire Strikes Back, they fix his hand, and then he goes off and, and works with Yoda again, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that the beginning of Return of the Jedi? I, I have. He goes to visit. This is he goes to visit Yoda, but only after he frees he and Leia free Han Solo from Jabba. That's right. Right. No, between the movies. Yes, that's it. Now it's all coming back to me. God damn it, Joe. You should have watched those movies again. <laughs> have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's at the, the, the weight, the difference between Luke at the beginning and when he shows up on Jabba's, on Jabba's whatever ship over the sand monster, you know, how just the confidence difference that he has in there. And it can't have been that long. I mean, in all honesty, right? 
no, between those two. But for what? but I think we're going to see a completely different. I think I think we're going to see a completely different Ray. I think that's what I'm mainly getting to. And they've done it before, so I, I can see it. I think we're going to see a Ray that's going to be so powerful that that maybe not powerful, but and I'm not. I don't want to say cocky, but I almost wonder if they're going to have her training like that little kid that was <laughs> that was that that pulled a broom from a foot away. By using the force, you know, in a new order type of thing, because even though he said that, even though Luke said that he to Kylo Ren that, oh, I am not the last Jedi, you know, and all that stuff in in there. He also said it's time for the it's also time for the Jedi to die. So I'm not opposed to a new order because like like Jim, we've talked about on soccer podcast before. He was kind of the Jedi were kind of bad guys. For being on the light side. <laughs> they were doctrinaire tools is what they were, at least by the time of uh, the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. That that brings up two two things that or two things that came to mind with me. Back on, on Carrie Fisher, when when they were first talking or well, it was when it was being debated what they would probably do in order to write her out, I think at one point Someone from the production gave an interview saying that they had no plans to change anything about this movie because the shooting on this movie had wrapped and everything yeah. was already yeah. in place. And they were yeah. good with and, so, and they were good with her uh, with her lines, like because they were still doing going back and doing a few reshoots. I think, right? But, but they, they were good with her. Change her. Yeah. And I I I saw that as an artistic decision, and I appreciated it because I I, I felt better about it. I like to think that they they had a, a movie they wanted to make, and then they would deal with it later. And I think the easiest way for them to go forward without Carrie Fisher will probably be just to put it in the opening crawl as a a plot point of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I think that the easiest way to do it is just to to make it less of a big deal. Like she was an important part of this movie, and she probably was going to be the main old character from from the original trilogy back in the next movie. I mean, we lost Han in the first one. We lost Luke, who had just finally shown up in this one, and so she would have been all that was left. No, so she probably no, 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 Chewbacca, R two D two, C three PO. You know, his lines <laughs> are phenomenal. I don't know what we would do if we didn't have. His insights throughout the, <laughs> throughout the show. Yeah. No, but I mean, it, it just seemed like she was probably going to have a very prominent role. And I like that. Um, I think they, they gave her daughter a lot of screen time, too, in the movie. She had a lot going on. Like, she was part of the, uh, the small coup the at one daughter. point when she yep. was helping yeah. them get out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a very just a just a passing remark like not without reverence but just be like okay this is what happened and we're moving on from there so yeah passage of time is definitely called for in this situation and then there was one other thing oh i wanted to ask what you guys thought do you think luke will have an active role in the next movie like like as a spirit i really think a that force ghost will. force ghost well who else is she going to learn from at this point we i, I think it's fair to assume that he when he passed into the Force, he's on the same same playing field as Yoda and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, the ones who were able to commune through the Force. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I have no problem assuming that she would continue to get training from Rey. And, I mean, when Obi-Wan was struck down, he said, I'd become more powerful. And when Luke was talking about possibly dying, which we later found out he wasn't even there, mm-hmm. he said, I'll always, you like, you can't 
you can't get rid of me. And then he even said, I'll be seeing you or something along those lines when he disappeared. Yeah, see you later, kid, or something there's, like that. There's, I, I see that as no way of, there's no way for him to get out of it. I think he has to be a part of the next movie because they've lined it up so well. And who else is going to be there to teach Ray anything going forward? She's got a lot going for her, but she doesn't have a lot of mentors around her in that area. Well, the, the, here's the thing, though. So they based everything off of the books that burned. So they have that, but there is that that line that I don't remember if it was Yoda or Luke that says it. She already knows everything in there. I think Yoda talking about it, Ray. Yeah. Yeah, Yoda, Yoda said that. So, what does she have to learn? She just needs. How the does she experience. know all of that, though? The Jedi can see the future, which is a big point. This is this is one thing that we didn't talk about. So, when Ray and and Kylo Ren or Ben, whatever you want to call them, touch, they see each other's futures. Is there a possibility that that what she is seeing? is that he turns back or she misread it. She obviously saw some kind of change. She wasn't very specific, but it was enough to make her go all the way there. I mean, that that parallels with episode five when Luke does the same thing to try and go and change Darth Vader. And when we get there, though, we we realize that it was all a trick. Yeah. Both of them to an extent. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I. I feel like there's still more she has to learn at this point. Even though, I feel like he's saying Yoda's saying that she has all of the abilities that she would need to grow. That she wouldn't need to read from a book. Mm. I don't see that as. I see that more as technical knowledge as opposed to instruction. I feel like there's some instruction she would need from a real person or a. A force person, Jim, <laughs> a where, force ghost. Yeah. Where, where do you where, where do you weigh on this with Luke you being know, in the next movie as her spirit guide? I, I think he I think he will be, but I, I also I do a certain extent with you, Joe, and that you know part of the point of the movie is the Jedi Order as we know it is no more. Okay, the tree is burned down. Although I think didn't she save the books? Actually, wasn't there? That uh, was Finn. The that, that was Finn's locker, yeah, though, wasn't it? It's a drawer. He opens a drawer and the books are in there on the Falcon. Isn't that right? Or am I imagining? I, thought, I missed that. I thought that, but then I saw it was Finn. So I didn't think that it was, but she was flying the Falcon. So yeah, then, no, she came back to the Falcon after she escaped. That's right. I could swear that he opens that drawer and the books are in there, but be that as it she may. Might, she might've put I, them there. That's, that's the point. Yeah. That's she might've saved the books. Be that as it may. I, I think part of the point of, of this is, her training is not all going to be Luke, um, that, uh, she is going to do some, I don't know if, if self-teaching is the right word, but, but it, I think it goes along with this theme of, of a new direction of change. Um, and that we're not going to see the same doctrines and principles practiced by her that were practiced by the Jedi order during, during the old Republic. You know, if, um, if we see one spirit or force ghost come back, I want it to be Mace Windu. They need to bring ooh, Samuel Jackson back. <laughs> Wait, didn't, didn't, didn't Ryan Johnson whole... mention that there was going to be a different colored blade or something that we were going to see? I saw some chatter about this like a week before the movie came out and then there was nothing. We might have to look And my first up. thought was purple. 
purple's back, but I guess not. <laughs> I don't think we'll see Mace Windu anyway, though, because you you have to, as a Jedi, learn how to become one with the Force, and I don't know that he ever did that. He just, you know, got his hand cut off and then got zapped out the window uh, in, on Coruscant, and that was that. Maybe he's still awesome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a huge Samuel Jackson fan. <laughs> what can I say? That was the I, I had yeah, the pre- actually that they totally they totally waste Samuel Jackson in the prequels. Oh yeah, I I yeah. do I do want to. There is one. Went could have been much cooler. There there has been talk, and I I was really hoping it was going to be in this movie, but it turned out not being it. I really want Billy D. Williams to make an appearance at some point. In the next movie, uh, I think he'll probably be back in the Han Solo movie, though. Do you, what do you guys think? Well, they've already finished shooting that, so I don't know. Yeah, Donald Donald Glover's playing Han Solo That's in right. the movie, isn't he? No, he's he's, he's playing, playing Lando. Lando, Lando. Yeah. Lando. I'm sorry, Lando. But I, uh, my, I want my, but Billy my, uh, Williams was so great yeah. <laughs> in Empire Strikes Back: and Return of the Jedi. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, I, okay. I, I, so, all right. So, finally, guys, let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're going we're going long tonight. I told you guys we're leaving the theater. We'll probably be done in a half hour. We're at an hour now. Hour. So, um, so I want I want you guys to take a turn and where do you fit this movie into your hierarchy of favorite movies in the now? Um, let's not count Rogue One because it's kind of different. Well, now we can count Rogue One. Um, so so what six seven eight. Nine. So, in the, through these nine movies, where do you rate rate this movie at? And if it's two, you got, or if there's anything above it, you have to say what you rate above it. We'll put it that way. I would, I think, put this uh, in as my number three favorite, um, with A New Hope being my favorite and Empire being my second favorite. I know that goes against what a lot of people would say about A New Hope and um, Empire. But A New Hope will always hold a special place uh, with me because I remember seeing that movie very vividly. I'm actually old enough to have seen that in the theater. I was uh, seven years old, yeah, eight years old. Um, so that will always hold a special place. So, yeah, I would put it at number three. Jim, I'm going to go off of that real quick. Um, one of my one of my friends, uh, his name is his name is Richard Propes. He uh, has spina bifida and um, and has for a very long time. Uh, as part of the diseases, but he also is an independent movie critic. Um, so he has no ties to anything like that or whatever. And he's here in Indianapolis. He, uh, he, I read his review after the movie today and I had been talking with him, I think on Wednesday and he was saying he was writing his review cause he had seen the movie and he was doing his best not to put any spoilers in. He did a great job of doing this, but one, but his main theme throughout the whole thing is, is that it took him back. This movie took him back to, to when he was 12 years old, <laughs> watching this in the movie theater, a kid that was kind of an outsider, didn't have a lot going for him, you know, all this stuff and showed to kid showed him that you can do great things, even though you don't, you're an outsider or you're an outcast or whatever, because that's all the rebels are. And that's what I think stuck with, with him throughout the whole, the whole movie. And it's like, they came back to that. It doesn't matter who your parents Mm -hmm. are. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. So I got what you're saying. He said, you know, it's by, uh, New Hope is always going to be that for him, even though he thinks Empire Strikes Back is the best one. <laughs> All right. So, so Jake, go go ahead. Where, where, where are you at in putting this movie, uh, The Last Jedi, so into the ranking? So I'm I'm at a kind of a different point. Since I didn't, I wasn't exposed to these movies until 
much later. I actually, so my parents decided out of the blue, hey, let's get Jay the special edition box set for Christmas when he's 12. And I was not exposed to a lot of movies at that point at all. Uh And so I kind of went pretty hard into it. (laughs) Within about three days, I'd probably watched them all at least four or five times. My parents were getting concerned. Um, so I, I did have this experience of seeing them when I was younger, but I didn't get to see them and debate them and think about them with a year or more in between. I, I kind of got to binge them, which was not something you would usually want to do with Star Wars movies, and I'll never do it again <laughs> unless I come out of a coma or something. I, I think I'd still give that time in between. So I had that experience with the first ones, and then I had this new experience with the the new trilogy that came out, the prequels, which obviously I had opinions that were formed while I was younger about what they were, things like that. And so I, they hold a different point for me than they do for most people. Most people think, ah, they're awful. They're terrible. And I, I generally agree with that. I think there are a lot of problems with them. I also think there are a lot of problems with how they did the special edition, which means that I, my, first time watching them i watched with all the extra cgi and all of the crap and han Mm -hmm. shooting second and all of that stupid stuff (laughs) so so it's been stepping on jabba's tail oh man yeah (laughs) added scenes it's awful you know what but still (laughs) it's still so i had to go back and like i didn't even realize those weren't the originals until i was probably 20 years old like oh there are actually original copies that don't have any of this in it i thought this was it so they hold a different point for me so for me though i would say that my that this movie probably hits three for me with the expectation to rise to two after I've seen it three times. All so right. at this point, I think that's that's how I feel about it. So at this point, I think Empire Strikes Back is probably the best Star Wars movie. Yeah. And it's my favorite. I really like A New Hope too, though, as Jim was pointing out. That's a, that's a really good movie because that was the first one I saw, even though I watched them all at once. Um, and since the new movies are the ones that I'm more exposed to than anything... I really do appreciate having it back, even though it's not been as long between good movies for you guys as it is for me. It's been much shorter. I mean, I saw them when I was, you know, in my early teens, mid teens, and then I have great movies again when I'm in my early 20s. So having uh, episode seven come out, I really, really enjoyed that. And that meant something really cool for me. So that one is still my number two, a very close second behind empire strikes back but i'm assuming that once i watch this one two or three more times that i will probably move it up to second jay i think you're underestimating my age or overestimating my age so i was not born when the first two came out no i know i'm saying like you were you were able to see them well before even the prequels came out yeah um yeah so is that fair yeah that's very fair i had uh my some some family friends um, they, they had, a uh, two boys and they were three and f- two and three years older than me. Um, so they were my sister's age. So whenever we go to their house, it, we watched star Wars, it seemed like for a while. So that was my introduction to star Wars. So I've never, I'll be honest, Jim brings up themes and, and Richard brought up what, how it made him feel, uh, on those things. I never have picked up on those type of things before. 
Um, I it's because I was always watching them purely for entertainment. So now as an adult and I guess more of a a a seasoned film watcher. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I watched movies for any other reason besides entertainment until I until I was in college. Um, and, and, and some of these things were brought to my attention, you know, um, just look at American history X. I think that was probably the the biggest one for me. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, but I, I think going back and story wise and everything, I'll probably put this, it's really close with the new hope. I'm going to, I'm probably going to put, I kind of like this a little bit better, just a smidge better than a new hope, but I think Empire Strikes Back is just un- unattainable, and who knows? We might get there with <laughs> with the final <laughs> with the final one, but uh, but gosh, Empire Strikes Back is so good, <laughs> and I, I actually I want to watch it again. So I need my I need my son to uh, <laughs> to maybe we'll watch that on Sunday. <laughs> so all right, there you go. Okay, guys, anything else? Let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, if not, you really guys good quickly. Um. Did you, you guys watch um, the reboot of Battlestar Galactica on Sci-Fi? No, I never, got, in, never got into Battlestar Galactica. Sorry, man. Dwight did you, did you Dwight Schrute tried try to get me to. It? No, never got into. Oh, never, never watched you didn't it. Try watching it. Dwight, Dwight Schrute recommend... made some made some strength, strong points to uh, to watch Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> but <laughs> it really it really is a great show. But there are some echoes of Battlestar Galactica in the plot in this in this movie, particularly I guess what you call the MacGuffin, kind of the thing that moves the plot along, which is you know the the remnants of the resistance are fleeing and they're kind of. Be you know they're they're not very many people left and they're being chased by the bad guys and that's basically what Battlestar Galactica on a on a global level um, is initially about so it made me think of Battlestar Galactica um, and actually I think that's it I mean there was some there there was one thing I was going to criticize about the movie but I don't think I'm going to do that no go for it go for it blah 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 too long I think this didn't bother me but I think um, some people will not like you know kind of the have you ever heard of the concept of Deus Ex Machina? Do you guys know what that is? It's a it's a storytelling device. Yes, it's it's where it's where it. somebody miraculously comes along and saves the day, basically. Okay, you know, it's like God, you know, uh, divine intervention happens. So, like, there were several Deus Ex Machina moments in this movie. I mean, you know, Leia gets blown out of uh, out of the Star Cruiser and she uses yep. the Force to propel herself back in, and then. You know, uh, Finn and Rose are standing on the edge of the cliff on Canto Bite, and DJ shows up with the stolen ship to rescue them. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Vice Admiral Holdo does the kamikaze job on Snoke Star Destroyer, so the surviving Resistance members can all get away. I was perfectly fine with that. This is a Star Wars movie, after all. But I think some people are going to think, "Oh, that's just too convenient." But you know, let them. Let them bitch. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I, this is, guys. So this is a really great movie. That's that's just the way to summarize it. I I put five mm-hmm. stars on my on my review, um, which was just just got out of Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and I put five stars on it. <laughs> that was my review, but uh, but yeah, I, it was great. I, you know, when we when we watch a lot of times when you watch Empire Strikes Back, you feel down. I mean, not that down might be too hard of a word. But, you know, you, you're kind of looking for that hope, you know, and there's a little bit yeah. of that left, you know, because Luke's still alive and he and he gets the bionic hand. But 
you don't feel that way with this one. And I think that nope. going into this, I felt like this was going to be a lot like Empire Strikes Back in that mm-hmm. the dark side was going to be really strong. They are strong, don't get me wrong, but they're in disarray. <laughs> that was the comment I was going to make about the end. It felt like they tied up a lot with this movie. Like the first one yeah. paralleled episode four, and then there were numerous parallels to five in this one, but it didn't feel as heavily driven by the plot um, as much as the last one was. And then it, at the same time, they hit several other things that you would think would be part of you know, the last movie, like, I mean, they, they obviously killed off Snoke, which, which threw me off because I assumed he was the most powerful one, which is what you do for the emperor for the most yeah. of the, for most of the trilogy as well. But it, they just cast him aside. So that was, I felt like there were a lot of things they tied up in a way you would in episode six or the last episode of a trilogy, which leaves them open to do whatever they want for the last one. That's gonna be awesome. So I think that gives them way more freedom. Well, yeah, they might bring Ewoks back. No, I, I kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then there was one you know, other thing. I, I was I was really surprised at how early in the movie they killed off Snoke. That that was the biggest surprise yeah. to me. I, you, yeah, I mean, you could you could feel that he was going to die at some point when he's going on his tirade and all this stuff. And you know, Ray's not going to die because they're not going to kill her. Kind of like you knew that they, Luke was never going to die in the original three, um, <laughs> but. But uh, you just had that feeling, and it's like it was maybe halfway through the movie. I mean, there was major pop pl- plot pl- points <laughs> after that movie. It was awesome. I loved it. I loved the the unpredictability about that. I guess there was one. There was one um, part of the plot that threw me off at first, which was the continuing situation with the main rebel ship fleeing from the star destroyer and the the, the dreadnought. Mm-hmm. that they were staying just out of range for the, almost the entire movie. And my first thought was, at what other point in Star Wars have there has there been a set of characters in the plot where we jump back to them and they really haven't had a whole lot change for them? They are still in the same place. Like, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's the whole plot going on with them, with, um, with Finn and Rose and Oscar Isaac's character going and trying to come up with this whole different plan that's, you know, never going to work. It sounds crazy, which is how Star Wars works. And so we assume it's going to work just fine. They'll save the day. And then it falls completely flat. They yeah. just fail. Yeah. They pull out fail. So, yeah, my first thought was, why is there this ship going through space for two hours of the movie? And then I remembered, well, there was a significant point or a period of time during episode five where they're hanging out in the asteroid field. Where yep. they really can't go anywhere. And so it makes perfect sense. And there's another parallel right there. But it, it threw me off the first time that I thought about it while the movie was going on. Like, there was no progress going on whenever they came back to those characters. You left me speechless, Jay. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys, let's start wrapping it up. Um, anything else for one last time? <laughs> this is going to be a... Go p- see the movie. This is going to be yeah, a... I can't, I can't wait to see it in IMAX. That's going to be great. Yeah, I, I, I get to watch it again on, on Saturday with my son. I am going to have to explain so much to him, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. He, uh, he's seen... I, th- I think he's seen everything but episode three, so... Um, we're good, but he's sick. So let's see how he remembers it. He's going to go in and this is going to be a pure entertainment for him. And I think he's going to love it. 
So, all right, guys. Well, we're not going to do plugs because it's not a, a soccer podcast. Um, I guess our plug is for Flix Brewhouse, though. I, as I said, we're not doing plugs. <laughs> our plug is a Flix Brewhouse. Go check out our, our brewer friend Chris. He made some great Star Wars themed beers uh, for. Uh, for this, I, I recommend going and watching it there. Um, also, probably go visit the State Museum and watch it on IMAX on the big screen. So, all right, guys, if that that's gonna do it for this special edition spoiler alert podcast of the Indie Reds podcast, you'll never walk alone.